Welcome to another episode of Dollar Dorks. This is episode 13. On this podcast, we aim to share video game buying, selling tips, suggest games to watch out for, uh, provide tips on how to fund your collection with your collection, and help change the perception some people have of sellers in the video game collecting community. Um, today, we have my co-host, Chris, uh, the master of eBay, and as I said, my co-host, and we have Jason, NJ Retro, and me, Derek, of Two Dorks. So... We're going to start off like we always do here with our last noteworthy pickup deal uh, purchase or even sale. Uh, it starts with me, so I'm going to go into, uh, I should have grabbed it, but I bought a second X-Arcade joystick, um, an arcade stick that you can adapt to different consoles with the adapters they sell. Uh, I paid 90 bucks for it. Uh, I already have one, but this new one that I picked up is the one with the trackball, so it's a two-player arcade stick with a trackball. Uh, I bought it. It's almost brand new. The guy was planning on doing a build with it and instead built his own arcade stick from scratch, which is pretty crazy, but awesome. Got it on Kijiji, and my kind of uh, putting out to you guys is, what do you think? Should I keep it or sell it? Should I keep the one with the trackball and sell the one I have without the trackball? I'm a hoarder at heart, so <laughs> I say keep them both. <laughs> I plan on using both for sure in Barry. Um, because um, in Barry at the game, Barry Game Exchange, Nintendo Hodge sets up an area for people to just play games. So I bring the two-player stick for that, but this time I'm going to set up the one with the trackball at my table to show off my modded Xboxes. Nice. That way people can give it a shot before they buy a modded Xbox, hopefully. Is, it, uh, is that thing user-friendly on multiple consoles, too? So or is it mostly a PC-based Out of setup? the box, it hooks up with USB or PS2, like the old-style keyboard uh, port, not PlayStation 2. Um, yeah. So it's only really for PC or a RetroPie or something. But you can get adapters from their website to work on any console. And it won't interact with the USB ports on a PS2 or not a PS3? Not out of the box, no. You have to get a PS, PS2, or P, sorry, PS2 or PS3 adapter. I have the... Uh, adapters right here actually so this one is their adapter oh where's my camera hooks from uh basically a serial port that's their adapter i've labeled it just so i know which one which hooks up to this one is ps2 port and then Uh they also sell a ps2 to xbox 360 adapter and this together is their 360 or ps2 model of adapter and then the other one i have plugged in over there i can't get it but it hooks to ps3 with usb or original xbox weird combinations but i think it's just what's easier for them to adapt um they also have a five in one that connects to like dreamcast wii uh original xbox and i can't remember what else gamecube a bunch of other and something else i can't remember what else but yeah those are kind of the adapters you can get from them the problem i have is from canada their adapters are ridiculous to buy because exchange rate plus shipping yeah. So, uh, I keep watching for deals on adapters, but now can you hook up both arcade sticks and play four-player turtles? Yeah, I could. That is awesome. I need to get <laughs> I need to get adapters to hook up original original Xbox still though. So, I could plug them both into PC and they would work out of the box. There's a switch on the back to change it to different controls. But I've just ordered a PS2 to original Xbox adapter so that I can use the PS2 adapter on one stick and then use the uh, Xbox, original Xbox adapter on the other stick. That's cool. And hook them all up. So, And that'll be good for Barry if I get it in time. We'll see whether it arrives in time. It's coming from China. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know whether I should keep them both. The biggest problem is they're bulky. They're big. <laughs> Where the hell do I mm. put them when I'm not using them? I have a controller shelf way over there, but it's already full. Yeah. I keep a I keep a hope chest, one of those big cedar hope chests in my game room, and that's where all my big, gotcha, my yeah. Commodore sixty four, my joysticks, all that See, big we have, stuff goes. We have a, a leather ottoman that's just like that, and it's yeah. huge. It'd be perfect. Although I think it's separated in compartments, though. But it's all kids' toys right now, so <laughs> <laughs> so that when the kids come down here, we can at least distract the younger one because she's only a year and a half. So yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, I I haven't really decided whether I'm going to keep it or not. It probably depends on whether that adapter comes in and if i find somewhere in the room to put it if i can get rid of some of the crap i have on my shelf over here i have a wire shelf like one of mm. those restaurant wire shelves you know um and i just got to get rid of some stuff on there like the two fix uh bin and maybe that would make some room for it all right so next is chris uh last thing noteworthy deal pickup purchase or sale what you got all right well last i would say noteworthy um as as you guys all know, Toys R Us is going out of business, and I decided to uh, see what I can pillage from the rubble. And we have two that are within about 15 miles of each other, and uh, they're actually two separate towns, but the bordering towns. Anyway, so I went to the Fresno location, and it was pit clean. There was nothing but garbage left, so I decided to hurry across town to Clovis, the other location, and... Um, they were only having 10% off sales at that one, so still a ton of stuff. Well, I noticed um, a Mario, uh, a Mario display that it's it looks. It's essentially it's a double-sided Mario. Hold on, let me just grab it. I guess since we're doing video. Yeah, I did see you put that on uh, Instagram, <clears throat> but it'd be better to see it. <laughs> Except for for the audio listeners who don't. Nice right. So it's a two-sided Mario Nintendo display. It sits on top of um, of their cabinets. I don't know if you can kind of see this. That's oh, pretty yeah. And uh, it's got little magnets on the bottom, both sides. It's definitely uh, from the Odyssey. Yeah, you know, but the, it's the, it's the new. It's not the new one. It's not too like. It's not, not like him throwing the hat that definitely re- makes it the new. Right. I mean, it, does he have the eyes on the hat? No, yeah. I, I guess it's it, it's just it's pretty him. generic. That's I mean, good. Yeah, I like it. it. Yeah, I actually like it a lot. Anyway, so um, it's sitting on top of um, of the uh, of the you know their display cabinets. It was sitting yeah. there, so I went right to it. I grabbed it, found a clerk, and I was like, "Hey, you know, let me sell. You know, let me buy this." And then she's like, "Well, I can't. You got to go ask the manager." She pointed the manager out, went over to him, and I'm like, "Hey, man, can you sell me this?" And he's like, "No, I can't sell it to you." And and I was like all right, well, can I have it? And he goes, well, it, you need to blame George. Lu-. He went into this big George Lucas rant about how, I guess, George Lucas was suing Toys R Us because they were allowing people to sell old you know, old uh, displays like this, right? Huh. Star Wars displays. So I'm like, all right. He goes, yeah, we're supposed to send them back and all this stuff. I was like, okay, that's fine. I wasn't going to argue with them. I, you know, I, I was like, whatever. I know this guy's going through a lot of stress right now, losing his job. So I went to put it back, and then he called me back over. He goes, you know what? Fuck them. What are they going to do? Fire me? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, all right. So I went back to grab it. And I'm not into Pokemon, but there was a Pokemon display too. Exact same thing, except it's Pikachu. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just take this one too. And there was a couple little posters I grabbed on the way out that were in the, they have like these big uh, metal standalone 
uh basically displays you know like coming soon displays and it had a it had a pretty cool mario odyssey one in there and it had a a link and something else uh probably mario kart or something like that so i grabbed all that shit out pulled it out and i was just taking all kinds of stuff on the way out i was like man i could probably just start grabbing product at this point they don't even care <laughs> nobody even cared like you know what i mean they're just yeah. like nobody looked at me nobody questioned me so I posted up on Instagram, and uh, I guess I inspired a lot of people in my. Because then all of a sudden you start to see, thanks CWR two, and they had the exact same thing. There's one guy, I like. I took a picture of it, kind of where you could see like the Toys R Us banner and you know, like the, the the marquee in the background for the store, and and like my truck is white, so it's sitting on the hood. Well, some other guy tagged me in his post, and he had the. It looked like the exact same pictures. I was like, dude, why are you re like? Why didn't you? Take a picture of your own stuff because he has a white truck. Oh my god! And he parked. The truck. It like I had to do a double take. Except he had him on the opposite sides. I guess he wanted to distinguish the two. He put That's Pikachu on the left or whatever. So I was just like, oh, all right. So, so that was that. And um, and kind of a the only purchase I made of note that I thought was kind of fun is, um, last year at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, um, this one guy was selling all these Nintendo Powers. They were mint. You know, really meant, and I was able to grab a bunch of key issues that I was missing, and so so did Curtis. You know, from Girlfriends Versus, he needed a bunch of them. Well, there's this particular vo uh, issue, issue 44 or volume 44, and it has stickers in the back, and it's not the famous sticker that the AVGN kind of made popular, that little nerdy looking guy on the controller, but it's a couple other ones. It looks one looks kind of like a like a time machine or something, anyways, or a clock or something like that. But they also have these ones for the um, for the Game Boy. So, and I always wanted to get these. I only had the top one with the little checkerboard, but I didn't have the bottom one. It was in my issue, so it was there. But Curtis needed it because it was more complete, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, this is kind of his thing." So I went ahead and let him grab it. But since then, I've been kind of looking for one, and I found one on <laughs> eBay for five bucks, complete. The magazine itself was a little bad shape. You know, the guy messaged me right away, and he's like, "Did you look at the pictures?" Because before I send it out, I want to make sure you know. I was like, dude, good. as long he as the stickers are... bad feedback, that's good. Yeah. Right, and totally good. understand that. And I yeah. actually appreciate a, a a seller who will, you know, have good communication with their with their uh, customers or whatever. Yeah. You know, I thought that was pretty good of him. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. I, I, I see the magazine looks like shit. I mean, it had like some water damage or something. It looked a little warped, but the stickers were fine. And that was the only thing I cared about. I was like, that's dude, I, I would even take just the stickers. But he's like, no, 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 <laughs> stick the whole thing. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <clears throat> And I got a, a Bionic Commando, um, a, a complete in box Bionic Commando. I was trying to, I'm trying to, uh, well, I've, I've, that was the last one I wanted. I wanted to get my like my childhood top ten, like my favorites from as a kid, mm. and that was always one that I used to like. So I picked that up, and fucking seller sends it in a bubble mailer. I can't oh. believe he made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm like, and so I messaged him. I'm like, dude. Like, I didn't notice this little bend on the side, and it's not really that big of an issue because you didn't take a picture of that, and I'm assuming you're going to claim that it was already there, but why on earth would you send a cardboard box and a bubble mailer? I mean, <laughs> fuck, the, the difference in price is negligible. 50 cents, 60... I mean, basically, just the, the weight's not going to change much, if at all. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Here you in know? Canada, the price is significant. It goes from $3 to $15 to mail. But yeah. I still wouldn't send a box in a bubble mailer. Well, but I mean, you. Never. so even if you had a very small box, like something that you could customize a box, you can make your own box. Yeah, or, it still you know, puts I it don't up know. to 1250 
well yeah. okay fair but, enough in canada yeah but in the states it's For all sure. about weight i mean yeah. granted if it was a long box then dimensions can come involved uh, can come into play but it didn't make no difference, man. Yeah. Like it, it, it could have cost him an extra dollar. I, I would even have paid for it if he had messaged me and said, "Listen, yeah. I mean, I would have been a little salty, I guess, if he did it after the fact. But nonetheless, I'd rather him done that than take a chance of you know destroying yeah. a box that was in really good condition. You know, at least yeah. there's the option to cancel it if you weren't happy with his options afterwards. I, oh well, I could <clears throat> I could have been a dick and requested a return, but I would kind of yeah. be hurting myself because I actually got a really good deal on the on it overall. So I'm happy with the purchase. I just yeah. wasn't happy with his execution. Yep, yep. Don't they have uh in the U.S. Don't we have that thing? If it's under 13 ounces, it's like the cheapest shipping rate. And then once it eclipses a pound, <laughs> and it's well, when you uh when you when you sell through eBay, as long as you print your postage through um through eBay or PayPal. Um, they go up to a pound. So a pound or less, you can, it pretty like much, the, it'll cap out, it'll cap out like about four fifty five dollars It might even go up to six on the high end, yeah. but, uh, but anything in like the four or five ounce range is like three bucks or, or like yep. $4 or it's less. $2. I think I got it for like $2 and 90 cents. I think is mine. Right. If at three ounces, you're under two, you're under $3, three ounces yep. or less, you're under $3. And it there's no there's just no reason. I mean, we're talking about a dollar here, mo and I understand you're trying to make as most as you can, but yeah. it's not worth the negative feedback. Nope. You know what I mean? And he could have passed. The, the he could have passed the price on if he if he thought about it ahead of time. Just put the price into the system as higher for shipping, and that, no, that's that it's not, not a bubble miller. He, <laughs> he, he could have easily had done that. Just adjusted the ounce or whatever. Instead of yeah. selling it at four ounces or whatever he sold it at, he could have sold it at six ounces. Hmm. So whatever yeah. a lot of times i'll do that when i'm guessing on a weight where like you know sometimes you have to anticipate how much the box weighs so i'll just raise it up to a pound and i'll just be like yeah. i know it's not going to go over a pound and if the customer is fine with paying the six dollars shipping then nobody cares you yeah. know what i mean and if it's under a pound i make another 90 cents or whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. and essentially i got a little bit more out of it i ship out fast i feel like they get their money's worth i don't have a problem with that but I will give you one other story about this is a sale. So um, I don't know if you guys ever had any problems with um, selling something through eBay and then getting contacted from them saying like maybe there was a, a an account hacked or a or a stolen credit card attached or whatever. Well, a few years ago, well, probably a year and a half ago or so, um, I had sold a PlayStation Two and shipped it out, did everything I was supposed to do, and I got a I got a message from PayPal that uh, my transaction was frozen and mm. that they took the money back, right? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, what? And then, so I called them, and they go, no, as long as you got your tracking number in, we, we do this ahead of time, so if you haven't shipped it yet, we'll freeze it and then just cancel the sale. But if you've already shipped it, then you've done your part, and we're just going to eat it. So I'm like, okay, so I put in, you know, the tracking number was already there. They just didn't do their homework. Anyways, they refunded, the, they gave me the money back, and... And about two weeks later, I get the package back. The purse. This was a case of someone's eBay account being hacked. So people were making purchases on their account, messaging people saying, "Hey, can you switch the address?" Okay. Well, they Ooh. had messaged me asking me if I could send it to Indonesia, and I'm like, "No, that's that's up to you. When you get it, you could ship it to Indonesia." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I should have. I should have connected the two that it was a hack at that point. But I, you know, <clears throat> I, I've yeah. had requests of people yeah. saying, "Hey, can you ship it to my cousin or whatever?" And if it's in the states, as long as it's verified through an eBay, eBay um, email, I'll do it. Because, you know, that's official contact. That's yep. an official yep. it's an official request from the customer. You, there's no issues. But this one, just, I mean, Indonesia is a whole other country. I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to add cost more. And all that crap, yeah. 
Right. I mean, if you want to pay me more, but you should have contacted me ahead of time. And yep. so I, I just ignored it and uh, shipped it out. Well, then, like I said, I ended up they, the person who actually got it was honest enough not to keep it because they got their money refunded. Yeah, they actually shipped it back to me. <laughs> so I got it back. I already had the money from the first sale. I they never did, even opened. The they box. didn't just refuse it. They actually they paid did to refuse it back. Okay, they did. No, no, they just refused it good, and it good, came yeah. back. They just it, it <laughs> was making really sure nice. they didn't <laughs> accept it and then ship pay to ship it back to you because that would right. Be like, and wow. I've had that situation too, where Jesus. someone got something and actually paid to ship it back and never. Amazing. And I even tried to refund. You know, ask them. They they just ignored me, so I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, they shipped it back. I got it. I looked at it. The box obviously hadn't been opened, so I just hit relist and sold it again that day. Sold it twice. <laughs> so yeah, I was loving it. So anyway, so I had a situation that came up. Um, I had this lens that sold a couple days ago. And it sold at night, so I hadn't packaged it up yet. I was going to do it first thing in the morning. And sometime during the night, I had got an email from eBay and a message in the message. But I didn't look at it yet. I woke up. I was getting ready for work. And and on, the, on my way to work, I happened to look through my email, and I saw that it said scam alert. And it was from eBay. So I opened it up, and it was like, you know, um, Someone created a fake account and was using someone else's credit card, blah, blah, blah. If you haven't shipped it out yet, please don't do it. Well, I know how it's going to work. eBay is going to cover me, and they make lots of money off my fees. So I went ahead and pretend like I didn't read that email and went ahead and shipped it out anyway. <laughs> so thank you, eBay. I appreciate the extra $42. <laughs> Might not be the most ethical thing, but I don't think some of their fees are ethical either. So I agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's that. So... And That's my height. I didn't year. see the email. <laughs> I, yeah, because there's no proof yeah. that I got the email. They didn't. There's no. Now I did. I made sure not to open the message within the app. Yeah. I left that alone. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> sitting there unopened. I'm like, oh, I never noticed it. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's it. That's my story time. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys in a while, so I have a little bit of pickups, but I'll kind of rapid fire them. So, I uh. I got a backwards compatible PS3 nice. for free. Oh, uh, my buddy great. trash picks and scraps, and he found it in the trash. So I'm not sure if it works, but haven't gotten around to testing it yet. But it's in pretty decent shape, and it has an SD card reader jammed in it, one of like the micro SD card readers. Yeah. So and it has a rock candy dongle on the front. So kind of <laughs> neat for free. Like um, resell that rock candy dongle to someone who's missing it. Exactly. I uh, flipped the bill for the giant Nino Cooney box set. Oh God. Um, this came completely free through GameStop trade credit. That's not bad. <laughs> Brought in a bunch awesome. of garbage scratched games and got it for free. Um, my Brawler 64 controller came in from Kickstarter. Nice. Now, now, have you tried it yet? I have not had a chance to try it yet, but it is really comfortable. I heard some people were having some issues um, that they they got it and it wasn't working initially. Hopefully you're not one of them, but I, I would test it. Surprisingly? I would, I, these sell for like three times what they go for normally. I have a story about that right. later. Like you go on eBay and these things are selling for like eighty bucks right now. So are are, are the people? 20. So you did a Kickstarter, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they haven't started actually selling them beyond the nope. Kickstarter yet. No. Okay, and well they're going. They're eighty bucks a pop right now. That's insane. For some stupid reason. See, I love the Nintendo sixty four for collecting, and I have a lot of fond memories of playing it. But I don't know if I can go eighty dollars for in sixty four controller. Well, when they release, the gray ones are going to be thirty bucks. Yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Plus, I love the original controller. I don't know why I everybody hates it so much. 
I, I, I think I, it's if people with small hands might have an issue with it. I can maybe. see that. I just I think people are being dumb and they're trying to reach across for the joystick. Right. Yeah, you have to. If you're going one way, you hold it one way. If you're going yeah. the other, it's it's very simple. Um, my wife I hit hates up my... the stock N64 controller as well. It's so comfortable. She just never grew up with it. I think. Yeah. I hit my local flea market and uh, a lot of sharks out that day, and I found a table that was selling games for a dollar a piece. Yeah. And I got <laughs> a a lot of it's already gone from the convention, but I picked up a Dragon Ball Z. Tenkaichi 3 yep. on PS2 with Thanks the bonus so. disc for a dollar. Um, nice. The label had water damage, but I put it on the table for 25 and it went because <laughs> it normally goes for like 60 bucks. Yeah. Um, he had this on the Vita. Yeah. Uh, Senran Kagura. But the game's not in it. Everything else is. It has oh. the case for the game, just no game. But for a dollar, I'll take a collector's edition. Yeah, why not? Um. Buy, a, buy I, the game off eBay somewhere cheap. Like, wait yeah, for the deal the and then only. put it in. He had, uh, I also picked up loose disc, uh, Mega Man X5 and X6 for a dollar piece, and Shenmue 2 on Xbox loose for a dollar. So I don't know why everybody passed them up. Other guys have been to the table and they all walk past them. Weird. <clears throat> GameStop pickup, um, Odin Sphere on PS4, which this game is fantastic if you haven't played it yet. Uh, Schoolgirl Zombie Hunter because it was on like clearance cheap and uh, Atari Flashback 1 and 2 nice I do not recommend these no Uh, I was so excited to grab these because they've dropped in price they're like $11 a piece now now you know why the lists of the games in them are horrible there's a couple good they have like each disc has like 8 arcade games or like arcade releases, not the Atari release, okay, which okay. is kind of cool. But the Atari releases, it's just piles of crap. Now, the are there any paddle cool. games on there? Uh, there are. I was playing how, Super how, Breakout. Okay, now how how do you get around that? It is terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the analog stick, you can use the D-pad, or you right. can use the touchpad on the PS4. I see. It has sensitivity control, so you can adjust it down to the slowest sensitivity so that it makes it kind of smooth, but it just controls like shit. Hmm. Um, and the the ports are good. The games play fairly well, but the list, there's like 10 AAA games for Atari that you want to play on there, and the rest of it is the bottom of the barrel shit. A lot of sports games. I don't get it. Hmm. I wanted to play... Um, Keystone Capers, and it's not on there. Like Kaboom's not on there. It's ton, tons of really good... Atari games are. Now, are there other Activision games on there? Uh, I think there was. I don't remember off the top of my head. But actually, because you know what? Because Kaboom's. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That's a marquee title. Uh, exactly right. Like, it I just, mean, unless unless they were being right. held back because of Activision or third party yeah. developers or something. Yeah. But. Buddy of mine was clearing out a bin of garbage out of his basement. Um, it was like a Wii, uh, some junk consoles, a GameCube with all the layover stickers on it for smash brothers um and a bunch of other crap it was all really ratty a lot of roached game boy discs uh game gamecube discs and uh i bought the lot off them for 120 which was way more than i wanted to spend but i immediately took almost all of it oh i had an atari 6 switch and like 20 games with it i took as much as i could to gamestop and got 150 back in cash so i made 30 bucks and i got to keep everything else the Atari games, I sold off the whole lot of 10 games for 20 bucks, And uh, what I kept out of it was this guy. Oh, dude. 
a white coat boss in the box, which I've never seen the I box. I love before. that kid's face on there. It's <laughs> awesome. It's it's so good. Like, look at these people on it. It's just great. <laughs> now, when you say uh, a six switch, was it a heavy sixer or a light? No, six? light six. All right, but you now you you could tell the differences by looking at them, yeah. Oh, you could tell the difference by the weight. Well, the weight, but if you never picked one up, you might not know. Like, yeah. How it has the rounded corners for the heavy sixer and the, yeah, I now, mean now it, you, that's all I know. Handling consoles, like you can, if you've oh, got a light and a heavy, holy crap! Absolutely, I agree with you. But I mean, I've I've had people who assume that it's a heavy sixer, and I'm like, well, you could see it's light sixer just by the curvatures on the when you look at the front of the front of the system. If it's more rounded, it's a heavy. If it's more of a like a V yeah. coming on the corners, it's a light sixer. But um, now you know the thing about the the Sunnyvale, California sticker on the bottom? I do not. I'm not an Atari guy. Okay, so here's a little tip for you guys. If you want a very expensive Atari Heavy Sixer, now, any Heavy Sixer is going to be worth something anyway, but yep. to get the top value, and I'm not saying beautiful in-box top value. I mean the loose console top value for a Heavy Sixer. If it has the Sunnyvale, California sticker on the bottom, and sometimes they're just missing, but they were produced and uh, manufactured in Sunnyvale, California, which really relatively isn't that far from where I live. Um, th- it goes up. Like, they're very collectible right now. I mean, you're looking at over $100. Ooh. Easy. Hmm. For a heavy yeah, sixer. I know, I know good heavy sixers clean go for 60 to 80 bucks usually online. Yeah, if you, if you have that, and now if you have, there's a way to tell if you have an original heavy sixer controller as well. Um. On the top of the joystick, where your thumb would go, mm-hmm. if it's concaved, that's a that's a heavy sixer. Also, the cords are a little shorter, and if you really want like the like the upper mecha elite for that, they used to have these little on the top of the he- of the heavy six of the the joystick where your thumb would go. There's a little uh, it would say Atari right there, like a little something that could it's like a it's a logo that was kind of stuck to it. Not a sticker, huh. but like it felt kind of hard to your finger. Hmm. But they most I've never seen one. I've seen them on Atari Age, but I've never seen one in person because usually they just I guess they get the glue that holds them wears out and they just fall off or yeah. whatever. But you can get like, you know, 50, 60 bucks for one controller if it's all complete <laughs> like that. It and also had a loose, it had a loose Waco too. <clears throat> I picked up a loose Waco in that bundle as well, oh. which I'm a I'm a C64 guy. So oh, you yeah, stay home with me. Right, because they all, uh, the adapters on the end, they, they work for all of them, right? Yep, you could use Genesis controllers, you can use yep. all that stuff, it's all compatible. Anything with that 9-pin DIN on it is all good. That That's amazing to think of. it. Can you imagine now, like, I mean, now I know everything's wireless, but even wireless, like, you can't just grab an Xbox controller and play on your PlayStation 4 without some sort of modifications done to it. But yeah. this was, like, sold at the store. And the fact that when Genesis came out, they didn't, change the design any kind of blows my mind you figured they would have came up with their own connector or whatever but it's the, the exact thing, same connector as the atari <laughs> the thing that freaks me out is uh well actually aside i just noticed this it's got a i don't know if you guys had it where you are but clover mm-hmm. I, clover I didn't have sticker. clover but i'd love old stickers like that man hopefully you're the kind of guy that doesn't take them off no god that's staying because i shopped at clover all the time as a kid um but the odd thing is as being a commodore 64 kid i didn't have an nes i had a commodore growing up and uh, I don't remember buying Atari joysticks. We had them. We had mm-hmm. paddles. We had joysticks, all kinds of different variety. But I don't remember any of us ever buying them. I don't know where they came from. 
And I have a, a yeah. But, you've have you ever seen the the Commodore? Uh, they look just like an Atari joystick, but they're just mm -hmm. white. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I have picked one of those up in a lot. That's really cool, man. They got I a mean, nice, it's the exact same button too. Yeah, but it's it's a trip how it's like these manufacturers were selling the same product to these rival companies. Yep. You know, like uh, with the the ColecoVision carts or the exact same carts as the Atari carts. I mean, the the back has that little slot for the overlay, but essentially it's still the same stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just a, you know, it that would never happen today. I mean, I guess with this maybe, but you know, I, mean, I can't imagine a hardware company. Because they're so protective over their, you know, their IPs and their designs and everything. Like, can you imagine like an, had an Atari adapter? Well, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could play it on there. It's like <laughs> that would never happen. I mean, it could, but it's just crazy. And then the last thing I got, um, well, it was it was two things. I picked up a. Uh, it'll actually play into what I got in my tips later on, but. I went to a sale. I won't say what it is yet, but uh, I picked up a lot of DS games. Uh, a couple Wiimotes, uh, everything was under $5 a piece. Um, one of which being a good tip for anybody who's out there picking up DS games. In the dollar bins of the really crap DS games, look for Disney's Tangled. Because it's, I don't know if it's a good game or not, but GameStop gives you 10 bucks a piece for them. Hmm. And it's usually one of those bargain bin leftovers. Yeah, if you could pick up a stack of them, you can get yourself yeah. a Nintendo Switch. But I picked up a bunch of stuff, and most of that I went straight to GameStop again, unloaded it for cash, and got my recoup, and got to keep a couple things like the Wii Motion Plus remotes and stuff. But uh, my local game store, uh, they are terrible at pricing handheld stuff. Like, I just don't get it. They don't understand what is worth something and what's not. So uh, these were kind of cheap, but they are cheap anyway. I picked up Denki Blocks for 3 bucks, little puzzle game. D&D uh, &D, Eye of the Beholder for three bucks. And then the big ones I got was uh, Disney's Aladdin for six dollars. Oh, uh, this is the Super Nintendo port. Yeah. So this game's super fun. But that's like a $25 game they had for six bucks. Yeah, I never see that. Yeah. And the, the big one was they in their bargain bin, their $3 bin, I picked up Astro Boy, Omega oh, Factor. That's another tough one to find. That's like a $40 game now yeah, for $3. Exactly. <laughs> Nice. But uh, that's that's kind of it for like the big pickups recently, and a lot of this, a lot of what's still here is going to stay. I mean, like the PlayStation Three may end up going, and uh, probably the Atari games from PS Four because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> and Astro Boy is out in my convention setup right now. It's in my handheld display case for sale. Gotcha. So you going to a, uh, you having a convention going on right now? Uh, yeah, that uh. <clears throat> I guess play later into the show, but I had. Oh, okay. um, I didn't Seltzer's see those Geek show Fest. notes because my co-host is uh, small show, like uh, <laughs> twenty five hundred people. So um, that happened the thirty first of March. It's always Easter weekend and Halloween weekend. Awesome. And uh, that I'll get into, I guess, when we get into like uh, goings on and what you're selling and stuff. Okay, cool. And you got the notes. You got them already. Yeah, I know. I didn't read them. <laughs> there we go. Truth comes out. All right. Yeah, truth comes out. <laughs> so the next section. Try to throw you under the bus. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, next section, what are you selling? Um, so tell us about something you got on eBay, Kijiji, eBay, for sale, local swap, anything like that, or something you're considering selling soon. Starting off with Chris. Well, right now, um, so uh, last week when I was yard selling and um, – 
swap meeting and stuff like that. I was driving from one swap meet to another and I spotted out of the corner of my eye um, something blue and uh, on this lady's rack. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> not that not that particular rack her clothes rack. Um, and I'm not a big clothes shopper, but, you know, I, I've had some experience with like NBA jerseys or or uh, the or the satin um, NFL coats from that from that late 80s, early 90s era. And they actually do really well. Like, I mean, I, I picked up a, a Boston Celtics jacket that had a big ass stain and a burn on it. And I still got 45 bucks for it. So even missing buttons and all kinds of stuff. I don't know what people, if they refurbish them or use them for Halloween costumes. I don't know what's going on, but they, they still buy them. But anyways, this happened to be a Penny Hardaway jersey. So uh, for the Orlando Magic, he used to have a very popular campaign where he had this little puppet going around with him, little Penny and all that. So I uh, drove around the block, stopped, went in there, asked her how much, and and she uh, she just wanted two bucks for it. So I'm like, oh, I'll do that all day. I don't even know what it's worth, but I know it's worth more than that. Apparently, it's pretty hot right now. He's just been uh, hired as a coach. So I guess there's a renewed interest in him. And um, so I got it listed right now for 45 bucks plus shipping. And uh, I, mean, I got like 22 watchers on it. And it's mm. like almost 300 views. So... <laughs> I might be a couple bucks above what it must go for. Or probably would have sold already, but I'm willing to wait it out. So, if you want a Penny Hardaway jersey, large, if you can fit in it, <laughs> buy it. <laughs> it's very it's, it. obviously it's getting a lot of attention. So that's that's something I'm trying to sell right now, and a bunch of models. I went back to that. Uh, I think I talked about it last time, or maybe it was on someone else's podcast. I don't know, but there's this uh, thrift store locally that's only open on the weekends, but it's. To call it a thrift store is not really what it is. It's more like a warehouse of junk that this guy, um, he brings in all the overflow from estate sales and and he just goes and buys people's estates essentially and just brings them in here. So, I mean, you could find any, almost anything in there, like anything from retro or like vintage furniture to sealed VHS tapes. I don't know. It's just everybody's household items. is junk everywhere. Mm. But um, I've been pillaging these... Uh, he bought a big model, like a an uh, like a aircrafts, like aircrafts and ships, like a bunch of like uh, military models from. Um, they must be from the fifties, because I mean these boxes don't even have barcodes on them. They're probably like fifties, early sixties models. And uh, man, I just I've been killing it with them. I mean, they're most of them are going for thirty bucks plus, and uh, nice. I, I went back and grabbed another stack of them. <laughs> like I just I can't help myself. I'm trying to get every single one. This time I think I picked it dry. But it seems like I come back and some more pop up, so I haven't given up yet. I'll probably go tomorrow just to double check one more time. But man, I mean, I'm able to get these big. I, he has like a, a a whole table, right? So I just start piling up all the stuff on this table, <laughs> and, and you know, and I, at this point, you get to a point where you're only shorting yourself if you don't continue to add to the pile because he always starts at a certain number. Usually, his number's like a hundred bucks or seventy five. So I'll come in lower, like substantially lower. I'm like, well, how about 40? And we usually end up at 50, or at least the two times. But this last time, his helper was there, and I had a – I mean, the pile was no different than my normal pile. And uh, he's like, well, let's get 25 for the models because I already had the models there, and then I added some more to it. And he goes, how about 35? So I'm like, right off the bat, I'm already like way lower than the other guy normally is. So I was like, uh about we do 25 or <laughs> he's like 
Uh, I was like, you know what? Meet me in the middle at 30 then. Let's just do 30. And he's like, all right, we'll do 30. And I'm like, I, I sold two <clears throat> models that night for 60 bucks. So can never not haggle. That's right. You exactly, have to, yeah. man. I mean, even if you know they're going to say no, it doesn't hurt because. <laughs> and, and another tip I'll give is like the reverse haggle. Like when somebody really wants you to give them a starting number and you kind of know what you'll pay, right? Don't start with that number. I see oh, too God, many people no. do it. Never start with that number. If you know you'll pay 50, don't say 50 because now you got nowhere to go but up. Yep. You know what I mean? Always gauge what counter. you think is low enough to not offend. Right. And sometimes it's Ten okay bucks. to offend. <laughs> there's a there's a way to deliver an offensive price. You know, if you come yeah. at somebody aggressive, you're going to get aggressive. You know, they're going to be aggressive back. So do it kind of sheepishly. You know My what I favorite mean? offer like that is I'll throw out a number and be like, I don't know. I don't really know, you know? Right. So I'll or, throw out, if it's a hundred bucks worth of stuff, I'll be like, 20? I'm not right. even really sure, you know? Yeah. I don't even know, you know? See, that's a great strategy. What are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Or, I, I mean, a lot of times I really try first. to throw, I hate, it. I, I hate giving the number first, but sometimes it's to your advantage. A lot yeah. of times it's not to your advantage, but there are times that it is to your advantage because... Yeah, you can bust their one. bubble really quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now they start now they're on the defense. Now they're reevaluating. Now they have to they have to go up, but they can't triple it. They can't I mean they can, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. now, yeah. anytime they increase it, they're now they're considering what your offer was as opposed to now you're considering what their offer or their initial price was. You know what I mean? Now you're putting now they're trying to sell you on it. You know, you're reversing the situation on them and so don't be afraid to throw out a number. Just work on your delivery. You know? my, my easiest thing for making offers when people won't throw out numbers, especially with video games, is take the big titles that are in there, talking yeah. you know over $20, and retail value them to yourself in your head. Right. And that's your max. Mm -hmm. That's my max. Everything else that's there is free. If they're yep. $2, $5, $10 games, all that little fluff crap, that's going to be my profit margin. I'm willing to pay up to retail on those heavy hitters, and everything else comes free. Absolutely, and now there's try another to lower than that. I'll I'll hold my tip. We got tips at the end, so I'll, yeah. I'll hold. Yeah, I got a tip coming, so go ahead. I, it made me think of one. Go ahead, go ahead. Back All to right. you, Derek. All right. Well, the next thing's on me. So, what am I currently selling? <clears throat> I got um, just 11 eBay ads right now. I got eight GG ads right now, but most of the stuff that I have, I'm saving for. The Barry Game Exchange, which is coming up on May, I wrote that wrong, 6th. Sunday, May 6th in Barry, Ontario. Um, so I have a whole bunch of crap. I've got to test and price and stuff like that for that. Clean. I've been doing controllers lately and modding Xboxes. i got five original Xboxes modded with upgraded hard drives and a collection of 4,000 games put on them. So i got two more I just finished. I just need to... Actually, those are done. I just need to put them back together. Finish, put the hard drive in, put them back together. So that'll be seven Xboxes. One of them is part of the giveaway, though, so that's not going to be, you know, profit or anything like that. But um, the rest of them are going to be all for sale, and, and that's what I've been devoting most of my time to. So I haven't got much stuff for sale. Um, Where's your giveaway? What's the giveaway? Where or what? Well, the... it, so Talk about it. It's uh so I'm doing it for the cartridge club. Technically, the cartridge club is buying it off me for the giveaway, but it's um a clear uh, crystal Xbox. Nice. With two controllers that are also clear crystal controllers. Nice. That's really and those cool, are man. limited edition. You can only get the console in Canada or Europe, I believe. 
it's not yeah. it wasn't available in the US and it's already modded with a 250 gig hard drive which they're getting harder to come across because their IDE drives they're older um, mm-hmm. with a collection like I said of 4110 or something like that 4140 I can't remember bunch of games uh, from all various consoles uh, what I like most on it is the arcade games just because you didn't get to play them and you don't get yep. to emulate them very much I mean you can emulate yep. them on, on MAME on PC or RetroPie but um, they're fun it's great I just sit down with my kid with the arcade stick and play some Rampage or my wife loves yeah. the Sailor Moon uh, beat em up game <laughs> she loves that so we beat that I have a times. modded Xbox and that's the only stuff I play is the arcade games. Yeah, I mean, it has all games are great, but it's not the same. Yeah. You've played them. Yeah. That's the only thing I play on. It is <laughs> Simpsons arcade, arcade game. I keep hearing is good, and I know how to play that. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's hard. No, it's hard. Okay. It's, it's more fun with a partner. I think. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a quarter muncher. It's a quarter. It's yeah. definitely a quarter muncher. And that's easy when you got the arcade stick or when you got yep. it emulated. You just press the coin button over and over yep. and over again. I think that's just select on on an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Some some console or some arcade games let you put on unlimited coins in the console too. Like you just press it over and over, and other ones limit you to like nine. I think the Sailor Moon one does. Mm. So yeah, those, those Xbox consoles. Hopefully, I can sell them for like um, just a regular black modded console, one controller with the AV cables. Um, I'm hoping to sell it for a hundred bucks, maybe a hundred fifty. I've seen people sell them for. I'm not sure what price point I want to put it at yet, but you know I'd what I noticed about the xbox that kind of surprised me was um those original controllers that uh, what do they call the them dukes dukes, dukes. Yeah. yeah those prices are kind of going up on those are they so they they're remaking yeah. yeah they just re- remade it as a a wired xbox one controller mm-hmm. that, apparently they're popular i found I, I, it's actually the first one i've come across i i got a, a little xbox lot at a, a swap meet for five bucks you know i didn't know if the console where he didn't know either he just told yeah. me go ahead and take it Ironically, it also included a NES zapper for some reason. <laughs> like I'm like, okay. Yeah, you told me about that was, one. Yeah, I was like, I'll that take that. The one you couldn't get the drive tray open on. No, no, it did open. It? That one. Oh, you weren't sure if it would open. That's what it was. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah I didn't know if it was going to open or not, but it did. It yeah, five bucks. Yeah, and it had a game in it too. They're always which... a gamble because there's so many problems they can have. I've got a, a closet full of ones that are that are broken, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to use them for parts. Right. Pull the power supply out of one. Hard drive. Yeah, you had said that that. That tip about uh, using, uh, you can just, uh, to get the drive to work, you can uh, yeah, yeah. Tap, the top and, and tap the top to get it. So you hit the button when it starts to flash and it doesn't come, mm-hmm. you tap the top and that'll make it let go. And then you use a Q-tip with some alcohol and clean the belt inside. You're best to tip it upside down and look in there and clean mm-hmm. the belt and eject. And like you can even push and pull the drive lightly as you uh, run the Q-tip along that belt to clean it up. And it just gets rid of whatever's causing it to be loose. It's probably just slightly a bit of wear on that belt. That belt can also break, but that's less likely. Because right. it's basically just a rubber band. Mm. Dries out. Yeah, and gets dirty. Yeah, like you said, tip. Um, so, yeah, I was going to go into something, but it doesn't matter. Um, ah. <laughs> moving on to Jason. What do you got? Uh, uh like I, I was saying earlier, I had the convention on yeah. the 31st. Um, I'm selling like half, 60% of my collection at this point. It's all in bins. Um, having a baby and just, you know, putting money aside for a house. Uh, the convention went kind of terribly. Um, this no. is, they do one every Easter and Halloween, like I said. This was the ninth. I've done eight out of the nine. 
Um, the ninth one was my wedding, so I couldn't go, although I <laughs> wanted to because I would have made two grand. But uh, uh, this time, the the average that I usually make at these shows, and the show has ranged anywhere from its start at 1,800 people up to its max has been 3,100 people. And I've made anywhere from... <clears throat> This now being my lowest of seventeen hundred bucks up to three grand, um, mm-hmm. but it kind of coincides with attendance, and I usually hit that dollar a person mark is what I shoot for. You know, twenty five hundred people in the door, twenty five hundred bucks is nice to me. In this case, we had a, a higher attendance at twenty five hundred people, but the the sales were just way down, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, <laughs> I think the market's kind of, it's petering a little bit. Like, it's starting to really slow down. My case games, I had probably 60, 70 titles in a glass display case. Yeah. I sold three. Oh, no. And even the bins, bins of NES games, and I had no doubles, all singletons. And I think I maybe sold 20 out of 250. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, so, and it's, my prices, I'm always the cheapest at any show I go to because my, pro, I, it's just me, I don't have a store. Yeah. So, I usually do whatever, uh, between price charting and eBay sold listings and game value now, I'll shoot for 20% at least, right off the top of whatever those numbers are. And then sometimes even more if I want it to move, move. But at least 20, 20% off the top. And still, a lot of tire kicking, not a lot of buying. Normal people that I see buy a lot. We're not buying. So I'm I'm starting to see the change. You start to see the shift when you do this often. And, uh, yeah, so I, I have a toy show coming up in uh, two weeks. Tables are only 20 bucks. So even if I do terribly, 20 bucks ain't bad. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be like retro toys, games, comics, action, you know, all that kind of stuff. At our local flea market, they're doing a toy, a specific show, a guy that has a little shop at the flea market. He's throwing a little show for everybody. Nice. I love those things, man. Those kind of yeah. like those um, collector specific swap meet. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. Call. I have a feeling I'm probably going to do almost as good, if not better, at that. And it's going to cost me a tenth of what I paid to do the show, you know, and less time. So, haven't you? So, you said you, uh, how many days did you go to that last convention? Was it it's two days? A or single, it's a single day. It runs from 10 to 5. Okay. And uh, well, it still wasn't a, too bad. You still did pretty well for a day's work. That's what though, I was right? thinking. You did, yeah. Good, but it, I mean, uh, I just know what your expectations bought. were, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Considering what I brought, like usually in the past, I bring my overflow, and I sold more in the past of my overflow than I saw it sold bringing out the single tins off the shelf, mint condition stuff. That's a pretty tricky weekend, though. Yeah. I mean, Easter. Uh, it does well. We get twenty five hundred really? people. I mean, that is a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's still a lot of people. Yeah, maybe just uh, the interest is shifting. In. Cheap show. It's like a, an all-around show. It sees uh, the, the show hosts break it down into type of vendor. And mm-hmm. so if they've got 50 vendors there for the day, five of them will be video games, five sell toys, five sell board games, bunch of artists. Like, he tries to not flood it with one type of vendor. You get a nice mix of everybody. And I always bring the most games out of anybody. And so if I'm only doing that, then those guys are doing even worse. Yeah. I hear a lot of people saying that toys are selling better these days. Yeah, but they take up so much more space. Yeah. And the profit margins are terrible on toys. Oh, see, this oh. guy that I was 
maybe not brand new ones. The guy that I was t- I heard talk to, talk to owns a, like a, basically a pawn shop, but for movies, games, and uh, toys in uh, Oshawa. So it was near um, Retropixel. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he makes way more profit on the toys and they sell faster. But that's like action, old action figures and stuff. So he's probably buying it real cheap, right? Cause it's yeah, huge, loose, like... loose figures, if you buy them under a buck, you can usually flip them for three to five bucks for generic action figures, you know, if they're not actually good ones. And it sounds like he's only doing good ones. Like he's going out and buying all the limited edition statues from video games or he's going yep. out and buying old turtle sets and stuff like that and selling that stuff for for decent prices i mean like they are high prices in my i opinion. always did good on action figures i sold a lot of toys at like the flea markets and stuff but it just takes up so much more space yeah. and the weight is there you know it's not small and compact like games yeah and then displaying them to like because games you can bring a whole bunch of games in a bin and then action yep. figures you gotta set them up for people to be able to see them that's the you way know, i look no- at it too is my sales i bring them in those uh under the bed yeah. plastic totes yeah and that's how I arrange them out. Um, I have two 10-foot tables, so it's like eight or nine of those bins. I usually come back with one completely empty from a show. Like, I'll, I'll mix, you know, I'll yep, shrink things yeah. down, and I come back with one empty. I didn't even empty a half of one this time. So you don't sell any online, or, or do you? Like, it's, on eBay? or I prefer to sell in person, just because mm-hmm. eBay is, they are a bitch for buyers pardon my language but they mm-hmm. hate the seller nowadays it used to be they side with you for anything but now you could send out a game that's in mint condition the guy goes oh you know what it's got a dirt speck on it i don't want it yeah and they are immediately going to side with him and it's I have a completely different experience man but i i get it i just i'm always curious to hear other people's point of view but i get an ebay operator on the phone and it's over 100%. i just had a guy a friend of mine sold um what was it? It was sorry for my dogs. My wife just came home, but uh, he sold a what the comic was it? Oh, a, a first appearance of Deadpool. Okay, he just sold X uh, Mutants thirty nine or something like that. You're right, and it was yeah. it was graded. It was a nine. I think it was a nine point two grading. He sold it. He got like eight hundred bucks on eBay for it. It showed up at the guy's house. In his description, he had tons of pictures. Full disclosure on everything. It got to the guy's house, and literally, I think the guy had buyer's remorse. Is all it was. It got there, and he filed a claim with eBay immediately. I uh, like my the, my buddy provided pictures, descriptions, the original listing, everything, and they still sided with the buyer. And see, not knowing your buddy's uh, what he did, and I'm not trying to make too many assumptions, but um, I just had a recent uh, buyer's remorse issue with a camera, and I know it was buyer's remorse, but there's a way to kind of, uh, I don't want to say trap because that's not the right way. I mean, because it sounds more um, deceptive, but there's a way to get the buyer to, you, it's all about communications with the buyer initially. Try mm-hmm. to get them to say as much, get as much information on the table as you can. Go, go back and forth. You don't have to argue with them. You could be very professional. Um, always, d- don't ever admit to anything, but yet try to extract as much information as you can out of them because usually they always will say something and it might even be the slightest little thing. And for me, in my instance, the guy tried to claim that there was something wrong with the camera, but yeah, he wasn't being very specific. He said the camera mm. was wobbly and we're talking about a 35 millimeter camera. I was like, can you describe what you mean by wobbly? Well, it's, it's, you know, then he went into that. It was dirty that it had dust on it or something. <laughs> right. 
So that right there was actually his downfall because, right, you know, and I didn't really know it at the time. I knew I was going to win the case because, like I said, I'm very confident when I talk to uh, eBay operators. And I think there's really a way to talk to them. Um, like my friend uh, Jay, who we're going to have on the show, it's a lot of these operators, they do value the cut. The perception is they don't, but they actually. I mean, because we're businessmen to them. These a lot of these operators. And I don't want to sound too stereotypical, but a lot of them are in India or third world countries, and you know we're business owners in their mind. And as long as you talk to them in a certain way, um, they tend to side with you. I've, that's always mm -hmm. been my experience. But um, I, I got her on the phone. I started talking with her. She went back. She read all the communications because any communication you have with a, a buyer or a seller is 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 frozen in time. They can't delete it. And it's considered a part of the case. Right. And so as she was reading his email, she goes, well, it's obvious buyer's remorse. I mean, he says something about the camera being dirty. Well, it's an antique camera. It's not new. Yeah. You know, and that was her perspective. It's like it's it's old. Of course, there's gonna, it's not going to be pristine condition. So I'm not I don't know, you know, with your friend and the you know, that's a tough one because that's a big sale. Yeah. Um, and, and as long hopefully they could have I mean, shipped back a. A, a pack of shit and as long as well, it said it was delivered he could that's have the other thing don't take it lying down though is my, my i mean that you know i know we got the tip stage coming but don't take that lying down man if, if because that goes both ways um just because they say it's no good and send it back you don't have to like this it isn't over yet they don't have the yeah. money yet it's frozen yes but they haven't got their money back yet you could continue the case you know but always get an operator on the phone always talk to an operator you know, you know, carefully talk to them. Don't, you know, don't give out more information than you have to. But, yeah. you know, but always come off as helpful. And, and they usually cite, I mean, I've had 100% in this case. And I've been selling on eBay since, I don't know, 2011. And I've gone to the case probably a dozen times. And never have I ever had to give somebody money back that, that wasn't justified. Now, I have shipped out items that was my mistake but we never got to the case i just refunded the seller or the buyer right there you know everybody makes mistakes but um not the being nefarious i wish they still honored the no returns policy now well, they, there is they no honor it is, they honor it but the the problem is the customers they try to circumvent it by claiming there's something wrong with it plus paypal now you PayPal, can get around yeah with paypal they can get around. You want. it's guaranteed returns yeah, that's true. Gar uh, PayPal is an issue. Most of them don't go through PayPal, thankfully. Yeah, PayPal can know. create issues. But what I would say is as long as you don't have the item back, they will not give them their money back. You, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a situation where I got a, this guy claimed the item was broken, and he just shipped it back to me. He didn't even tell me he was going to ship it back. It just showed up at my house one day, and I got it, and I opened it, and it was there. That's so we it. Started it's yours. Talking. <laughs> right. But as soon as I got it back... The game was over. I had no recourse, and I didn't realize that at the time. But the the PayPal operator said, because I was I was like, look, I can show you video of it working. And like, we understand. Just relist it and sell it again because yep. you can't have the money and the product. Yep. And I was like, okay. So. But yeah, I got the toy show coming up, so I'm hoping to do a little bit better there. I'd like to move some materials, but I mean, like you were saying, Chris, like selling online, I'm probably not going to do Craigslist out here because craigslist out here is a crapshoot we have a lot yeah. of shitty areas where i live and uh yeah. facebook marketplace i'll probably do some mario sonic yeah. simple stuff and some system <laughs> bundles because that's the easiest way to sell those but uh, i'll be i'll be ebaying a lot of games especially uh harder to find stuff like that aladdin for gpa 
that's a game that I guarantee you I'm only going to get what I want for it selling it online. Yep. So yeah. I have a lot of stuff like that, like Game and Watches and some oddball games that I know they sell for a lot, 40, 50, 60 bucks, but I'm not going to get that anywhere but online. I, I actually uh, have a friend who's a pretty big Game and Watch collector, so maybe we should talk before you. <laughs> I've got I've got five really nice ones here. Good. You know, he, he's got a pretty nice Game and Watch <laughs> collection, so. Anyway, do it up. All right. So moving on to the next part is the tip corner. Uh, share any buying, selling tips, um, anything that annoys you that people buying or selling do, and where, or where do you find deals? Uh, so starting off with Jason. Um, I got kind of two things. One plays back to the original. My pickups was uh, check handheld games at game stores. Like a lot of times these guys know what console stuff goes for because it's very common and it goes in and out of the store. But handheld stuff, there are a lot of very expensive, very obscure games that you would never know by just looking at them. And these, a lot of these game store owners don't, or they have guys that work there that just price stuff and put it out and they don't know. I find most of my best deals like catching guys slipping on handheld games. Very rarely on console stuff. Um, and my other tip is this goes to places to look, and I hate giving out you know, my yeah. little honey holes like this, but um, I went to the sale where I picked up the Wiimotes and the DS games. It was a children's consignment sale. And if you check your Facebook listings, these are ones where everybody goes to get rid of their baby clothes, their baby toys, their preschool, play school junk for other parents to come and buy for their kids. And everyone I've ever gone to, I have always found video games at. I have never run into another person buying them, and I've had the pick of the litter every time I've shown up. Hmm. You know, the funny thing is, is you say that, and I was just looking through my, because it's raining over here, and there's a children's consignment sale going on at the fairgrounds, and I looked at the pictures they were showing. It was all toys and car yep. strollers and bullshit. And I was like, fuck that. And, and now I'm like, uh, come on, let's wrap this up, guys. I got to get to that sale. Port door. <laughs> last last year when I we went to, to the I same show, through. I picked up uh, four Wii U games back before the Wii U prices started to drop. But it was, um, I think, Pikmin 3, um, Mario Kart, and I think one of the Kirby games. And they were $3 a piece. I, I mean, like, and this one I picked up Wiimotes, Wii Motion Pluses for five bucks. All the games, I picked up a, a sealed copy of No More Heroes. That was one of the other things I picked up. Sealed No More Heroes for three dollars. Like, it's a, a bunch of stuff because nobody's looking for it there. They're looking for kids' toys and clothes. That's why they're going. Uh, and the other spot to look, which this is going to come as a shocker, is automotive swap meets. So my local racetrack, uh, English Town which I hate to say it, but it's coming up next weekend. That's where I'm going. I have murdered it at automotive swap meets. That's where they go to sell classic cars, car parts, tools, and people bring garage sale crap with them when they're yep. setting the stuff up. And I usually, you know, those big landscaping uh, wheel um, wagons that you pull behind you. Yeah. Yep. I will guarantee you, I fill one every single time I go <laughs> one full wagon. I spend Maybe a hundred, hundred fifty dollars, and I come home with six hundred to a thousand dollars worth of stuff every year. One of my best toy pickups was out of uh, at an auto swap meet sale. I got dragged to it because uh, my uncle <laughs> wanted to go. And Nobody he wanted thinks to look about it. 
And I'm looking around like, what the fuck? You know, what are all these Star Wars figures doing here? Yeah, it's a and the guy's again, like, yeah, 20 you bucks. You might run into one other person, mm-hmm. maybe two. Bill of STCP goes to those, too. Yeah, and this one, this one that I'm going to, there's, uh, God, there might be 400 vendors. Four to 500 vendors, at least. And it's $10 to get in for the day, and I clean up every year. Think outside the box, folks. Yeah, yep. I got to start looking at some of those. There's none in my town that I've found yet, but I know there's ones in, in towns like within 40 minutes or so away. And then Bill's one, which is like an hour and a half away. The other good thing about those is they tend to happen on weekends that other big sales like that are happening. Like this one's next weekend. There's a ton of community yard sales, Walk sales and yeah. stuff going on that those people that are hunting for that stuff, they're going there. They're not going to the auto swap meet. Yeah, hmm. I have a hard time passing up on block sales, though, man. <laughs> I, like see, way, I see way too many sharks at him anymore. Jersey's a very densely populated little state. <clears throat> I'm a pretty big shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of sharks around here. It's crazy. All right, um, so moving on is me uh, for tips. Um, don't shy away from gift cards for places you already shop or you can buy games. Uh, I just recently was looking at uh, Kijiji, which is a classified site like Craigslist, um, and a gift card had popped up for 50 bucks for a $70 gift card for a local game store, uh, Microplay, which buys and sells games but also sells brand new. Um, so I met up with the guy at the store, had him verify the value, immediately bought it off of him, and then I used it that day to buy a game for free that I'm going to make money off of because it was badly priced. And it was a PSP game, a handheld game. Um, nice. He parked, marked it for 5 bucks, and it's worth twenty twenty five. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't shy away from gift cards. I also um, found a Steam gift card uh, for Steam, you know, online game store. And uh, that was a $100 gift card that I got for 70 bucks, I believe. No, 80 bucks. 80 bucks, yeah. So that's basically anything I buy with it is already 20% 20 off. So Mm -hmm. the the guy had it. He had got it as a gift from somewhere and doesn't play Steam. All I did is bring my phone. I told him what I was doing. I said, do you mind if I just verify the value of it before before I buy it? And I entered it into my account because there's no way to check the value of those cards without without uh, buying them. Um, Or sorry, without adding it to your account. So I added my account right there and gave him the money. So he he was fine with it as long as I you know showed him money right now that I had it on hand rather than you know entered in my account and bail. Sucker, <laughs> run! <laughs> but a lot of sites, a lot of sites like GameStop and Best Buy and all that let you verify a gift far, gift card value before you buy it. So always yeah, you bring your the, phone and make sure you, you can do it. Yeah, if it's an actual card, a lot of times you just call the number on the back and. Yeah, type or, in the, or a website too, because a website's easier to do in person while you're there than mm-hmm. than the phone call. But because you don't want to have to wait in a call queue or something like that while you're at someone's place. Yep. A lot of them will let you do the website. I know Toys R Us and uh, Best Buy all have, and Amazon all have a way to verify the value. So yeah, that's a good tip. A bad idea. I, that's I, a great tip. I, I do have a lot of guys, or I've seen a lot of people around my area that buy gift cards, and that's like their way of making money. But uh, they usually have like a. A percentage they have to have off before they buy it. I think it's like seventy or eighty percent before they, or sorry, mm-hmm. whatever they pay seventy percent of value. Yeah, seventy-five bucks. I think the one guy said he'd pay. So, yeah, that's that's my tip. Chris, you're up. 
All right, I got two. Um, one is uh, it's kind of a it's more of a seller on an eBay seller tip to kind of protect yourself. Uh, I had a friend who's really leery of selling it because he's afraid that uh that he's gonna get scammed. He he sold kind of a rare game on it, and they uh they opened it up and put a repro a reproduction board in it, which I don't know why I don't know whatever. So they sent it back claiming that hey you sent me a fake game right mm. so I, I i don't know about blocking that that's that really comes into taking pictures of everything you sell yeah and open it that, up that's open it up if yeah. it's an expensive game take the time to open it up yeah. so that's actually another tip but <clears throat> but this one um i ha i just had a feeling that it was either i don't know i just had a feeling the guy's either he's just really stupid which i didn't get that after looking through the stuff he sold or he was trying to get over on me in some way. I, I'm not quite sure what, but um, I had sold a couple Pokemon games, and uh, and I know they worked because I tested them because I test everything and I take pictures of it working. And and if it's an expensive game, I'll take the time to take pictures of the board. Um, and I and so uh, so you know I I keep it friendly and like you know well I mean have you uh, is your system dirty or I mean, I'm not saying it is you know I'm trying to be helpful here type of thing. So I, I usually I try to work because everybody wants to be an expert. Everybody, especially when you're dealing with another guy, it becomes an ego thing. So they want to prove, especially right. They want to prove they know more than you, that they're mm -hmm. smarter than you, and I'm fine with that. Prove away. So, uh, so I'm like, um, you know, have you tried cleaning the game with like a Q-tip? Now, very, you got to be very careful how you word it. A Q-tip. That's it. And every time I've ever led them into this bear trap, <clears throat> they always step into it because they'll come back with, oh, yeah, I took alcohol and I cleaned it really good. Now, we all know cleaning video games with alcohol just fine, but it is against the rules. <laughs> you are not supposed to clean anything with alcohol in eBay. So um, right off the bat, the case is closed. That's it. All really? you have to do is call the operator and, and just let them read the message. You don't even have to say a word other than, Will you please read the communications and they'll read it and it'll say that it's cleaned with alcohol and they'll say you cannot resell that. Case closed in your favor. And it's a reason. What's the reasoning behind that? Because it's flammable? Well, I mean, there's, like, there's multiple reasons. It, first, I think the first the reason thing. is is it says it on the game not to do it. <clears throat> right. That's NES games say on the back, yeah. no alcohol. And SNES games, <clears throat> and I think even Genesis games and Game Boy games. Now, let's say the sticker's removed or something and it doesn't say uh -huh. that. It doesn't matter. It's implied not to do it because um because it can it can damage the circuits. I mean, these games are they have yeah. circuits or whatever. They, I mean, they I mean, could you damage can static charge and kill one by touching it if you really yeah. Absolutely. It's rare, but it happens. It can happen. So that's and and you know also um, another thing to think about with electronics is uh, I've had people try to do a anytime I sell a, an iPhone on uh, like a for parts or repair I already know where it's going. A lot of guys the first question they'll ask you is if the iCloud's open, if the cloud's open or whatever, because they they think oh I'm smarter than you. I'm going to fix this phone and I'm going to yeah. resell it for five times the value of what you just sold it. At. So I always stick to, I don't know, but you're buying it for parts. And they'll get it, and they'll they'll see that it's not open or whatever. So then they try to tell say that the thing is beyond repair. So I'll ask them, how do you know this? And and a lot, and I was like, how do you know there's parts and internal parts that aren't working? And, and and they'll every time they'll be like, well, I opened it up and I tested all the parts. Game over. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you cannot open up an electronic item <clears throat> in eBay's eyes. Once you do that, you've you, you bought it. it. Yeah, exactly.
exactly. So that's another thing. But usually it doesn't matter as long as like any part. I mean, like if the back is there, the back of the phone, that's a part. It, it's yeah, four it's parts. Four parts. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and that's the bezel, another the thing. button, have, just the button. You pull the, the button, button is a part. It's good. It's a part. Long, you know, if the screen's not cracked, that's a yeah, part. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's another thing. And then, um, but my tip for buying is that we all, everybody probably is well aware of the bundle technique, right? You know, you add more, you assume you're going to get less. But there is a flip side of that. You could do what I like, you know, and I'm not saying I've invented this, but the reverse bundle. Okay. So you pile on stuff that you don't necessarily want. And it, unless you get a great deal, but like you'll, like you don't need that Mario 3 or you don't need that Zelda or whatever. So now they've created the price. They're like, I want $60 for this pile. So then you're like, well, how much for this game only? So you pull out the expensive game that you don't want and they'd be like $20. Okay, well, I'm going to take that out. Now, can we do 40 for the rest? You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. And and believe me, that works more than it don't. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they'll say, well, I made the price on the bundle. I have only heard that one time. Every other time the logic kicks in, it's like, well, if I want 20 for this, then that means I want 40 for the rest. Right. And then it's over. So try the reverse bundle. It works. I like That's that. Fun. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Here, we take a break quickly. This is player one of the Cartridge Club, and I wanted to take a second to tell you about Bonus Barrel. BB is made up of developers, artists, and testers from within the gaming world, and they bring their knowledge and insight to every show. Topics ranging from gaming culture to development cycles, you don't want to miss what these insiders have to say. Every Wednesday, you can get your fill of Rob, Seiji, Lef, and Shelby wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. So moving on to the next section is story time. Uh, you have a story to tell, any failures, lessons learned, etc., etc. Starting off with me. Uh, so, Retro Fighters N64 controller, Brawler 64. Uh, I picked one up as well on the back Kickstarter. I backed it in August. It was 49 bucks Canadian, shipped to Canada. Um, so, quite significantly more than you got. You got it for yours for. But uh, I noticed that several of the people in the Cartridge Club were selling theirs off. Um, so, I thought, I'll sell mine too. I never even played it. Um, but I sold it. And after all fees and shipping, I made I sold it for ninety seven dollars and seventy nine cents. Jeez. Um. So there is a known problem with it where the left shoulder button, if you hit it and try and move the joystick to the top left side, it can get caught. But I have no yeah. problem when the part comes in. I'll just ship it to the guy. I still have his address. Yeah. I'll just ship it to them and say, "Here's the part that they sent me for fixing it." Um. Most reviews cover that problem, but. Uh, when the Kickstarter first happened, they actually gave the impression there might be more colors coming. Yep. And they never did the other colors in that Kickstarter. So I got a gray controller. What I really actually wanted was the clear green controller. So they're doing a second Kickstarter now that you can back now to get it in September. Apparently, we'll see if it may, if they make the dates or not. It's Kickstarter, right? Um, but I bought the clear green for another forty-eight dollars. Or $49. <laughs> and this time I'll actually use it. They'll have the shoulder button problem fixed. And I'll actually take it out of the box and use it this time. See if I like it. And, <laughs> and maybe prices will be crazy then too. But I don't know. I'm betting there's going to be one color that no one ordered. And it's going to be high or something crazy like that. But anyway, I wanted clear green. I got clear green. And we're good. Uh, the clear purple seems cool. Because that's kind of a, an ode to the 
to the clear purple controller that was pretty common for the N64, but uh, I didn't want to get that because it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. <clears throat> uh, moving on to Chris. Um, I bought a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to skip. You've told 10 stories already. I know. <laughs> uh, I built a cabinet recently. Oh, yeah. I don't, know how, it ties, I don't know how it ties into selling stuff, but... Um, um, you need somewhere you know, to put collect- your stuff. What's that? You need somewhere to put your stuff. Right. You got. You got to. You got to do that. Um. You know, with the uh, with buying like the store produced shelves, a lot of times they'll run you. Uh, I don't know anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars, and then a lot. You know, some. I for me personally, the usually the store bought shelves are too deep, so then you start mm-hmm. to clutter everything in front of it, and it looks like shit. So um, I just build my own. And, um, you know, you go, go to Home Depot, there's kind of like a, I wouldn't say bargain bin, but they're lesser quality wood. You can pick them up for eight bucks a board or whatever. They'll, they'll do two free cuts on the board. So know your measurements when you get there. Um, I bought a can of stain for you know, like 10 or 12 bucks. I mean, this is the second cabinet I built. So, uh, I mean, this time it only cost me $28 to build it. I guarantee you I could, unless I was buying it used from somebody else, there's no way I could buy what I bought for $28. Yeah. And I adjusted the shelves how I wanted them and installed it. And so it was cheap. So, I mean, you guys are running out of space, you know, as far as the shelves you got, or it's not looking kind of how you want it. I see a lot of guys, they end up stacking their games because there's no more shelves you know, there's that big gap between the shelves. Yeah, I hate that. So they end up stacking them wrong. Or I don't like the way they stack them because I don't like stacking plastic on other plastic because you got to think about all the pressure on that bottom game. Yeah. But um, build your own shelf. It's not that hard. And that's my story. I'll throw some pictures in too for the video. Um, this shelf here that I have behind me is a DVD shelf, so it doesn't have the depth problem either. But most shelves are, are bookcase shelves, right? Like yeah. the one I've got over there is is a bookcase so it's got that problem with depth. I don't if, like if you're going to buy one, look, and if you're looking for it, use, use the word media. You know what I mean? Because media usually is DVD depth. So that'll work good for like PlayStation 2 games, play, you know, whatever, those kind of games. Or a CD, like a buy a CD shelf. That's the same depth as a NES game. Yep. You know what mm. I mean? It works perfect for that. So if you're going to buy a shelf, you know. Try to use those kind of words, CD shelves, media shelf, stuff like that. Because so, the depth issues, I mean, it, plus it's sticking out further from the wall and you don't need it. Yep. It just ends up getting cluttered and looks like shit. Cool. I like it. All right. Jason? Um, story time. I uh, I bought a 1964 Ford Galaxy. Four-door. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> <your> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. I mean, it's not video game related, but it's kind of curbing my video game buying right now. You got a deal. You got a deal, so that's dollar bills, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, like, it's uh, the car's worth probably like five grand. I only paid two for it, and it's it's a runner and driver, rebuilt motor and trans. It's a nice car. I got a family now, so we just wanted something to cruise around on weekends, go to car shows and stuff, and maybe flea markets. (laughs) It's got a giant trunk. Maybe automotive sales now. (laughs) Could fit all the games in the trunk. Yeah, it's nice. Well, you're in New Jersey, so you could put. Don't they usually put bodies in the trunk? <laughs> you can fit probably four or five in this one. It's huge. 
All right. Uh, so moving on to the next section is a discussion topic or collection update. Um, we've all already done this, so we already talked about how we track our collections in the previous episodes. So let's uh, move on in this one to just basically give an update on your collection if you want. Uh, Chris, do you want to give any kind of update or anything interesting? Uh, I added some in 64 games. I'm down to needing 66 for the complete set. Um, when I say complete, just a complete cartridge set. I'm not going for boxes for that. And I added crazy. a few. <clears throat> well, it just takes up so much space, and I don't, I don't have that much of an emotional attachment to cardboard. I like the boxes for the consoles, but um, not so much for the for the games themselves. Only a few. Anyway, and I added a few more manuals. Uh, I don't know if I talked about the last time. I can't remember, but I uh, got a Panic Restaurant manual, which is pretty hard to find. Got it off of a friend, and he sent me a few other pretty uncommon manuals. So I added about a dozen manuals. So I'm getting closer to that 600 manual mark. Cool. Nice. All right. Uh, Jason, what about you? Anything about your collection other than, I guess, cutting it down? Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I uh, I got around to putting like 85% of it into the Game Value Now collection tracker before I started pulling off the shelves. <clears throat> And I think it was 2,300, 2,400 games right around there. Uh, that doesn't include all the inventory I had for shows and stuff, which is probably another 1,200 at least. But uh, since then, I think I'm down. I have to go back in and take off what I got rid of. But, I, I mean, the shelves are barren. I want to say I saved a max of 30 games for each console. And this is down from two three four hundred a console <laughs> yeah so um the, most of them the your, big ones i'm keeping is sell, genesis then. i'm keeping I, I like all of my nes stuff went every bit of it came off the shelves with the exception of um like box zeldas just because i'm a huge zelda fan uh and like um double dragon and punch out and blades of steel like the ones that i really love the most i had yeah. boxed so i might as well just keep them um genesis i have a huge attachment to because i was a sega kid my brothers had sega i had sega growing up so you I were one of those <laughs> yeah yeah i, I funko land all my nintendo when i needed it i went and bought stuff from funko land but uh gift wise you know christmas and birthdays it was always sega stuff in my house that's cool um so i saved a lot of genesis stuff i'm still actively seeking a full game gear collection you know i, was I don't just about to ask you how's that game gear working out for you <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I picked up one from Yoshi Knuckles at TMG. Yeah, That's yeah. Um, It's got VGA and RGB out. It's That's got nice. Genesis controller ports. Obviously and it's been, been recapped. fully recapped. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Um, I think I'm at like 97 Game Gear games now, and most of the big ones are already gone. I just don't want to pay $5 a piece for common garbage. That hurts. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You should so, send me your list. Yeah, I, I gotta get it together. Um, hey, send me your Game Gear list. I come across the game, a lot of them, and I just I haven't been in the mood to pick up any Game Gear games. So, oh yeah, I'm down for that. And uh, the only other thing I'm really holding on to is handheld stuff. I love my GBA games. I love you know my Game Boy stuff, and Wii. I have like 500 Wii games, and <sighs> most of it was speculation. I picked it all up right as GameStop started getting rid of stuff. And picked it up on the super cheap, and the collection through the tracker has tripled in value since I bought it. Yeah, that's a hot collection to so collect I'm, for. I'm waiting a little bit longer, maybe another six months, year, and it'll start going. 
Cool. Got one more thing to bring up before we close it out. Um, if any one of you guys seen Ready Player One? Yeah, movie? I haven't seen the movie. It's I, I, ha- I haven't though. seen it. I haven't seen it. I don't really read many books, but apparently, um, because of that, the the adventure cart for Atari has shot up in price. Yeah, I saw that. the The picture label ones are going for about twenty bucks a pop. You try like now. fifty or sixty. I've seen that them all over the place. Yeah, I, saw 50 or box, 60 has I saw boxed ones at like eighty dollars was the common now. And right. I saw one at one hundred and seventy. It was ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're all going to complete sell at that, but yeah. I've seen several completed sales in the fifty to sixty range, and um, and a lot of auctions that are getting up that way. I, I don't know how long this little Blip. renewed interest in the game is going to last, <laughs> but dollar you, games too. So <laughs> right, if you have a stack of them, now's the time. If you want to get rid of them, jump Sadly, on. When I mentioned that I flipped those uh, Atari games, the ten games for twenty bucks. That was one of them. There was one of them in there, and it had the <laughs> manual, but this was, you know, two weeks, yeah. three weeks before the movie came out. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> eh, it is what it is. I don't they have They were adventure. free, basically. I checked my shelf after you said that, and I'm like, ah, Adventure's not one I don't have. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't have very many Atari games, maybe like ten, but my wife grew up with it, so... All right, uh, so for me, uh, I've been mostly buying lately, so I haven't been doing much selling, and therefore I am $900 in the red, $900.65 in the red for my entire collection right now, so that's like, I've paid $965 for my $11,000 worth of stuff. Um, But I do plan to make that come up after Barry, after I go and sell a whole bunch more stuff. Last time at Barry, I made over $900. Uh, or sold $900 worth of stuff. So hopefully I get that much or more again. Um, I'm definitely bringing different stuff this time. I'm bringing tons of modded Xboxes, which will be big ticket items. And then I'm bringing a whole bunch of stuffies. I just, I've been finding stuffies for good prices lately, <laughs> like Mario backpack and uh, Pac-Man ghost, the orange one and um, a uh, Spock 50th anniversary Star Trek pillow. Um, neat stuff, but nothing I want to keep because I don't need that many pillows in the house. My wife already has an obsession with pillows. So uh, hopefully I can bring that money back down to $0 or more so I can get some buying power to buy some more stuff for myself. I also haven't backed off on buying things for myself either, so I've picked up a lot of stuff uh, for myself lately. Uh, what did I pick up? Well, the tank stick. <laughs> mm. The uh, XRK tank stick, and uh, I don't know. I'm trying to look through my spreadsheet here to quickly see, but uh, nothing, nothing useful. By the by, the way, for just for reference, like you were saying, the 900 and it's 11k. Yeah. When I finished with the collection tracker, <clears throat> that like 2300 games was 37k. Jesus, was what I had capped, at. and that wasn't including the show inventory. But that's kind of where the collection capped, and now a lot of it's gone, obviously. Yeah. But that's that's where it was. I hit that ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> There's your down payment. Came back down. <laughs> All right. So next section is listener questions. Uh, tweet uh, hashtag DD answers if you want to get a question answered. I usually forget to send out a tweet for this, so just do it anytime and I'll find it. Or wait <laughs> for me to tweet it out because I did it an hour before this record. Uh, so we got one question. Actually, I should double check and make sure we don't have a second one now. Uh, I'm doubting we have any more, but I should just double check to make sure. But our first question and maybe only question, yeah. Our only question is from It's Rocket Sauce, another member of the Cartridge Club. And he says, uh, any deals I should be taking advantage of at GameStop at the moment to Jason? Um, 
Not right now, really. There's a 25% extra trade credit going on towards anything, which is nice. It's not just games. Usually when they offer the big trade credit boost, it's for just games. But 25% extra trade credit on systems and accessories can net you some decent cash. Um, oddly enough, there's a funny, I don't know if it's a glitch in the system right now, but I got a buddy of mine who just offloaded one 500 gig Xbox ones, the original basic one. Yeah. You're getting 140 cash for right now, which is pretty solid considering mm. you can buy one of those right now for 200 bucks brand new. So it's crazy. Yeah. So that plus 25%, that's, you know, almost the price of a new one. And that would go far to an Xbox one X if that's what you wanted. That's cool. And uh, get rid of AAA Nintendo titles at your GameStop and cheap NES games. You'd be surprised what's on their list of what they accept for NES. A lot of those dollar, two dollar commons, they trade in for five bucks a piece. Any uh, thoughts on selling Wii U games? Hold on to them. Okay. <laughs> I thought Now's I figured the time you were to pick them up. Now's the okay. time to pick them up. <clears throat> a lot of the stuff's already disappearing off the shelves at GameStops, but. If you see stuff that you like there, yeah, a lot of it's getting reprinted, but this is going to be a Dreamcast system. It's going to be, you know, those games are going to be pricey. People are going to be looking for this stuff down the road for collector's purposes. I did sell off uh, Splatoon, or no, I have it listed, because once the online servers go down for that, I think it's going to drop in value. That's a lot of games like that. Yeah, but, that's what I'm thinking. But look at Fantasy Star Online. Fantasy Star Online for the GameCube. The base one's fifty bucks, and the plus is like eighty-five dollars. But why did someone bring up offline or hacked servers or something? There are private servers, but it's just—it's not a common thing. It's hmm. just who knows. Yeah, there are on game online games like that are that are worth money. You also Daytona gave... USA Online Edition. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sell a lot. That was Dreamcast, right? That's why. Uh, Saturn. Oh, Saturn. Okay, that's again. That's why. Then. Yeah. Um. You also said about Tangled DS and watch for handheld price, handheld games mispriced, and then maybe check GameStop for trading those in as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of those DS games, you'd be surprised. There's some some of the Sonic titles and stuff that you see frequently <clears throat> that you can usually catch at yard sales. It's like they're common at yard sales for two dollars or so. You can still get ten, fifteen bucks for them. Nice. All right, uh, so in that next section is suggested content. Anything you want to suggest the listeners check out? Um, YouTube videos, channels, uh, podcasts, game, movie, TV show, anything like that. Uh, you're up, Jason. Uh, Bithead1000 <laughs> on YouTube, if you haven't heard of him. He's a guy from Long Island, New York. He's in his 40s, and he speaks to my soul. He's my spirit animal. <laughs> He's disgruntled with yard sales and sharks and... He just hates the prices of everything and is very nostalgic for the 80s. And uh, it's adult content. He uh, he curses yeah. a lot and stuff like that. It's not friendly for your kids. No. But it is friendly for you because you will totally get what he's talking about. He likes to go on tangents about random things, and it's hilarious. And uh, a movie, Kubo and the Two Strings. It is a stop-motion animation film um, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and it is fantastic. Really, really good movie. If you like Miyazaki stuff, you know, like Spirited Away and all that, mix that with Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's what Kubo is. Okay. Never heard of it, but I'll check it out now. 
Okay, uh, next is me. Uh, I say check out, uh, this is uncommon for me. I usually do a YouTube channel, but this time I'm doing uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's a TV show on Netflix and Crackle. Uh, it's basically Jerry Seinfeld in nice or interesting cars talking with other comedians and going for coffee. Uh, the first episode is um, Jim Carrey. Uh, second one was Jimmy Kimmel. Um, it's it's cool. He just talks to them like, you know, they're just friends, basically. Um, you hear you learn something new about them. You hear funny jokes and them shoot the shit and um, talk about life and what they're doing and talk about cars, too. It's pretty cool. Oh, and oh, I think goes, we lost Chris. There goes Chris. He was but next. I will throw one more out there. Sure, yeah. Um, podcast. The Rom of the Week podcast, which I heard of from Miles from Flock of Nerds. Oh. Uh, three guys, they play, I think they're from California. They play uh, a game uh, like each week, I think it is. And it's usually, they shoot for stuff that's in the more uncommon, not oftenly played from the libraries. And uh, it's yeah, it's good. It's hilarious. <laughs> they, they their banter together is great, and they run through a pretty in depth review. They play everything from start to finish. Sometimes cheating just to get through it, but <laughs> it's hilarious, and it's only about an hour long. Okay. Also, more adult oriented because they they curse and they're a little vul- vulgar, but it's it's great. <laughs> cool. Writing it down. Uh, you there, Chris? Yeah, uh, my tip is to, or my recommendation is to uh, plug in your laptop when you're doing a podcast because uh, <laughs> the battery just died. I was like, "What the? F- we got like three minutes left." Yep, um, that's funny. Yeah, uh, I've been liking Duke's new series, um, yeah. Stuck in the Eighties. Very good. good. Yeah, he just did a. He released a new episode last night. I know most of the people listening they probably already heard it, but. Or watch it, or they already know about it. But that one's pretty good. Um, as far as podcasts goes, I'm usually listening to uh, the usual Cartridge Club people and Retro Knots, and you know, pretty much the mainstays when it comes to that. But um, a buddy of mine's got one called The Collector's Quest. His name's uh, Johnny Ayuchi yeah. on um, on Instagram and, and- Catsylvania. Stol- Cat mm-hmm. I think Cat's retired. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, the the new guy is is taking that slot. Um, his name's Escape Tyler. I think Tyler. Uh, I think it's Tyler. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, I haven't listened to that podcast in a while. It's good. I, I actually uh, nothing against Cat. Cat's great. Um, really good person. But uh, I actually think the guy. I think they got better chemistry right now. Um, the new co-host. So that's pretty good. And uh, I've been watching wrestling, uh, listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts, but usually just uh, something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> so that. But other than that, that's pretty much my recommendations for the week. If you want to listen to a good wrestling podcast, check that one out. If you think wrestling is stupid, then don't because uh, they talk <laughs> about wrestling. What was it called? Sorry. I missed it. Something to wrestle okay. with. And then there's like this big pregnant pause and then it says Bruce Pritchard. It's something to wrestle wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, okay. but uh, if you listen to it, there the guy, the main host or the the guy who kind of runs it all, Conrad Thompson. The guy is fucking brilliant, man. This he's really he's really changed the podcasting game because man, like they download, they have a lot of downloads per month, and he's got a couple of spinoffs working. Uh, it's 
the 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 main one is focuses like on WWF, WWE, and uh, he, he's got a second one that covers kind of like WCW. It was like the big rival promotion at the time. They've gone out of business. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, I don't know. If you like wrestling podcasts, this one's top notch, man. It's really good. Cool. Cool. NMLS. Uh, trying to write that down. Okay. Uh, so next section. Just plugs. Plug everybody. So we plug Chris. Chris is CWR2 <laughs> on Twitter uh, or CWR2 on uh, Instagram. That's to the number. Uh, Jason is NJRetro1 on Twitter or NJRetro on, on YouTube, though you don't have any of that, vi- that many videos there for lately, but mm-hmm. uh, that's what happens when you have a kid. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm Derek from Two Dorks. That's T-W-O Dorks on YouTube. Um, and the Cartridge Club is a community of gamers, content creators, and collectors uh, at cartridgeclub.org. That's where I met Jason and Chris. Um, and, Short for uh, orgasm? Yes, organism. Orgasm, what? And uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and thank you guys for being my guests. Thanks for having me. Bye. Cha-ching. Hello. All right, cell phone's quiet. Muted. Yep. Silent or anything? Yeah. All right. Mm, sound of Chris pouring water makes it sound like he's peeing. Oh, that was <laughs> damn! Was picked it up that good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. A jug. No, it's uh, I was pouring some soda. <laughs> you gotta pee. You gotta pee, right? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you gotta make sacrifices for the podcast. <laughs> Jason drives a truck. He knows what we're talking about. Yep. <laughs>